And now for our feature presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it is another episode of the Truck Show Podcast. I am Lightning, and the guy across the table from me that you can't see is Mr. Sean Holman. How you doing? Oh, did we start? Yeah, well, that, that was it. We're <laughs> oh, going now. I thought you were practicing. No, no, that was there's no practice on a uh, podcast. It's it. Well, it's just like you know when a singer starts and they you know do all their voice warm ups. I thought you were just doing that. Yeah, exactly. Yodeling and stuff. No, no, no. And now. The feature presentation. No, this is us. This is it? Yeah. We're live? Yeah. What episode? This is like 11, huh? This is now, oh my, yeah. Yeah. Wow, what? So let's see. So that's like, that puts us at like three months of doing this stuff? I think so. And uh, we're still alive and kicking. And I think people are enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. I almost didn't make it here, by the way, because I was coming down on the 57 freeway near, uh, before Anaheim Stadium in the city of Anaheim, of course. And I think I was on the same freeway as your wife, trapped in the same traffic jam. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Southern California has, we have beautiful weather. We have the beaches. We've got the mountains to go snowboarding. We have the beautiful women, the whole thing, right? But the price of admission is the crappy traffic. Oh, it's, it's horrible. Right? Yeah. I and mean, I know it, that it's th- funny because I was in, uh, I've been back east, I've been down south, I've been all over the place, much like yourself, and everyone has complaints about the traffic. But then when they come to LA, they go, oh, this is a whole new level. Here's the problem with LA traffic. The problem with LA traffic is there is no off hour because I've been in traffic at 12 noon. Mm-hmm. I've been in traffic at five in the morning. Mm-hmm. I've almost missed a flight from LAX driving to the airport at 4.30 in the morning and there's an accident. I've been in traffic on a Saturday at 2 in the morning. It doesn't I, matter. There's I know, I know people in the other parts of the country like, shut up with the traffic already. But my story has a point. So I'm in traffic, and I'm driving my lifted dually, which is it's not a normal sight in, in kind of L.A., South L.A., anywhere in L.A., for that matter, actually. A big lifted dually wrapped in chrome 3M Brodozer. vinyl. <clears throat> What's that? What? what? Brodozer? No, yeah. no. no. Just... Say it out loud. Plenty of our guests have. Yes. And so it's got a you know, 12-inch lift up on 37s. I would go with 40s, but I'd be over the uh, legal width. So I'm up on 37s. Anyway, and it's, and it's bright and obnoxious, and I built it for a radio station, as you know, and I guess many people may not. But So it's a billboard. And it's got a crazy roof rack and stainless steel bumpers. And the guy next to me, I'm in the number two lane. Do you have holes cut in your door so you can actually see people next to you? No, no. I just look out the window and I see down on their How do you see on the other side? Uh, Oh, on that side? Yeah. Cameras. Have you seen anybody do anything gross looking down on them and then they're driving and they don't pick in their nose? Yeah, I've seen a lot of nose pickers. I've seen, I have seen a girl uh, touching herself. Okay. It was interesting. Yeah, but I couldn't see her face because she was, again, off to my left and so I'm looking down, I can see her legs and whatnot, and I felt kind of creepy watching, and she had her hand between her legs, and I could only assume what she was doing. But my story today, though, <laughs> is about the guy next to me who doesn't have a passenger, so he he's rolled down, rolls down his window, and I see his head kind of crane into his, where his passenger seat, and then he pulls out his iPhone, and he starts to video record my truck. Mm-hmm. He's in number one lane. I'm the fast lane. I'm in the number two. Are you sure he wasn't video and recording his reflection in the side of your truck? It's possible. <laughs> it had it's nothing possible. to do with your truck. It's, it's all about him. Possible. It does reflect. It does. And uh, so he's now videotaping me, although a little close, unless he had a wide angle on his iPhone. I don't know how he was getting the whole truck because he's right up on me. His right arm is in front of you know over the passenger seat and out the window which had been rolled down, and he's trying to drive and then trying to look at me and trying to capture the shot, and, and he's creeping over to me, and he's creeping over, and, and I'm looking down going, dude, you're going to roll up under my wheels. Like, this is going to be like this is gonna be bad. And I had this, this, this moment where I thought, 
do I blow my train horn at him? And of course, I'm going to lift a truck with train horns, right? Of course you are. Of course I have that. And I, and I think, I'm, do, I, do I scare the crap out of him? Does that make the situation worse? Funny you should does, say that. And, and does, does, do, do I scare other people? Because I do try to refrain from that horn. I know I blow it around here when I pull up to the podcast studio, but we're in an industrial complex. There's no one around. And there's a train track and down there's the train, street. Yeah, there's yeah, literally there's a train, train next door to us. Yeah, so you can hear it every once in a while on the podcast yeah. in the background. And so I have this like, what do I do? I'm milliseconds away. And right as I'm reaching, because I'm going to blow it. I'm just like, you know, because he's literally going to cause himself to, some destruction. I don't think the truck really is going to get hurt, but he's going to, the knobbies of my driver's side You're going to kiss wheel, something on his car. It's going to take pain off, yeah. guaranteed. And right as I'm reaching up, because the switch, the momentary switch is on my headliner, and he like pulls it down and, and swerves back into his lane. And I was just, my finger was on the button. And I, I wish thought, you would have done it. But you should have been recording when you did it. Me recording? His yeah, yeah, recording? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. No, yeah, that's, that's very meta. But I, yeah, people, this is not the first time that someone's no, videotaped listen, or, or taken photographs you, of the truck while I'm driving. And, yeah, and your train horns are pretty loud, too. They're obnoxiously loud. I, I yes, was watching. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank Klein, by the way, who supplied me with those horns a couple of SEMAs ago. They they're, were, they're, they're very loud. Yeah, they're very loud. I, I was watching uh, the one of the most recent episodes of Deadliest Catch, I don't know, last week or something. Okay. And so the captain's up in the, uh, up in the wheelhouse, and he's looking down, and he tells one of his guys, hey, Look up at that bird real quick. Oh no! Yeah, and he the guy looks up at the bird. He blows the horn, uh. and the bird craps all right on oh, him. Oh no! And way. the captain's like, "Yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my god!" If I had train horns, I, I would have... do that every opportunity. If I was in a crab boat, you would not want to work for me because all day long that would be my game. Get the seagulls to crap on my crew, <laughs> yeah. like all day yeah. long. Yeah, you know what? Like um, horn blasters. There's a train horn company out of I don't know where they're it's Florida somewhere like that, and. Their thing is they love rolling up and their viral videos, quote unquote, are, are, are of their fans with their horns going up to bus stops and yeah. scaring old ladies and college kids and the yeah, whole thing. Yeah. That I'm not. That's the same thing as rolling coal for me. Yeah. I think there's a time and a place for, for, for blowing those air horns. I've never been. Okay. So, like, I get it. It's fun, especially if you're, like, 18, yeah. right? Like, I am 18, dude. I know. I know. You're not, but. Yeah. <laughs> I feel 18. <laughs> But I, I, just, I don't know. I just never got into the uh, the being horn obnoxious. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say that. But I just never. No, got into no, the you're not. A, you're not an obnoxious guy. I'm also the not younger the guy. me uh, was. No, was, the, was was the younger Holman the same guy who would roll up with a um, uh, a fire extinguisher filled with uh, water and um, and soap suds and spraying it at people? No, the, no. The, the the younger me had a PA on my CB in one of my trucks. Yeah, and would make. Yeah, no, noises. <laughs> and uh, I would make noises, scare people, and they'd be looking around for the cop and they couldn't see it. Or we'd go to McDonald's and we'd be like, Hello, I would like to have, but I would do it through the PA speaker to oh, their right. microphone. I mean, just, you know, obnoxious things like that. Hey, uh, before we uh, get the show started, you know, actually, let's actually get it started if that's all right. We'll, we'll do that and then, then I, have a, I need some help. All right. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. Answer what the truck, cause truck rides with the truck show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. That's me, Lightning. Holman across the table from me. I, I need your help. I asked you about this the other day, 
and you gave me kind of a BS answer. So I, I obviously I drive this obnoxious truck, but the the wheel and tire fitment isn't obnoxious. A lot of people have 37s or much larger. I can't freaking align the damn truck. I it's partly because it's a dually, yeah, and you can't put the laser alignment system on the back wheels yeah. and the front wheels because they have to be parallel, mm-hmm. and um. I can't use the YouTube method, which I've seen a bunch of uh, <laughs> rednecks showing me how to put like a piece of uh, you angle, know, iron. angle iron across because I have eight to ten lug conversions, right? So I'm running yep. big rig wheels on the yep. front, and of course the hub, you know, they're they're they they protrude out. I don't know if that's a good description, but my lug nuts are out further right. than the tire, so I can't put a piece of angle iron across. And then measure the front of the angle iron and the back of the angle iron and, and 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 parallel the wheels. So now I'm at this. What do I do? Did I create a monster that can't be driven? Yes. So I I, I do. Well, no, it can't, that's not possible. <laughs> Someone. There are a lot of lifted dualies with this application. How are they? How do I align the front end? Solid axle swap. Hmm. <laughs> I mean. I mean that's what I would do. I okay so. You should be able to at least get it close, right? If you take your wheels and tires off. They're close. Look, I'm not going sideways. I'm not, you Yeah, know, yeah. But You're trying to get your steering wheel straight. I'm trying to get my steering wheel you straight. You got to go to the old school guy who hopefully is still around, who doesn't even know what a laser alignment thing is, who does everything- With string? W- with string and with- uh, uh, Those guys are out there. Um, or even go to a medium duty you know, alignment shop. The guys who are doing dually trucks and see if they have the equipment to do it on your truck. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com if you have a suggestion <laughs> for me because I'm not ready to straight axle it. Not that I don't like that. I mean, I do I do dig that, and I'd love to have, you know, spring front end, but um, coil spring front end. But I, I'm i just not ready. What do ready. you have now? Your torsion bar still? Yeah, it's torsion bars. Okay. Yeah. I was driving it for a while, and it was it was toe out, and yeah. that was like it was- Chewing up tires. It, it was chewing up tires. Yep. And they're expensive tires. Yep. And now I'm a little towed in, and of course- with the you know with this type of suspension, when I'm on the gas, it's it rocks back, so it's got a different yeah. It's basically, you're, you're getting a you're getting a caster change too. I've got a caster change as well, mm-hmm. so it drives right now. It's driving really light, where it yeah. which is last week was driving really heavy. Yeah, as did far you as play? Did you play at the caster on it? No, that was just so, toe in and toe out. So yeah, but it's cha- the caster's changing as the truck well, yeah. nose dives yeah, or comes up, dude. Monster, sell it. You know what we should do? Take it out the desert, light it on fire, and I'll give you a ride home. You know, <laughs> it is insured for over a hundred thousand. Okay, I did not say that because yeah. if that happens, that's really <laughs> bad. That I just said that, that is not happening. Uh, do not go to Lightning's house and do yeah, that. I will yeah. be arrested. Yeah, don't do that. Well, okay, so you're no help. No, I got nothing. You got? I mean, no, I have something. I told you. you just you're gonna have to find the old school guy or go to the medium duty. You know, see if the guy who services medium duty trucks, box vans, and stuff like that can uh, can help you out. <laughs> okay, that's what I'll do. I guess I just wanted a better solution. I want to. Oh, there's this thing. There's you can do this with a nothing. How about your lift manufacturer? Are they any help? Uh, no, he uses an old school guy. Yeah. I just don't want to drive out to him because he's in Egypt. Oh, well, Bull- bullet BFE bulletproof suspension. Yeah. Um, and Brian, who's a, so rad, he's in Mentone, which is yeah. by Redlands, and I'm in LA, and that's a, an hour and a half drive. Hey, with but, no traffic, but it's only an hour and a half from here, so you're already you're already halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll do it if I have to. So. Yeah, that's probably your best bet. I know. So sorry. Enough of me bitching and moaning. We've got a great show for you uh, this week, and it includes uh, 
Andrew Hoyt from uh, Tire Co. So uh, some of you may not know what Tire Co. is, but I don't know what Tire Co. is, and I drive by the building on the 405 yep. and the 110 uh, my whole life. And I thought, that's just a phony sign. I've never heard anyone do business with Tyreco before. Yep. So we'll uh, we'll talk to Andrew at Tyreco and then figure out what that's all about. And then also uh, some big news. Like, <laughs> can I ask him, hey, what's up with you? Sure. And your company. Yeah. Hey, so I have, I have no idea who you are or what you do. And then also this week we have uh, some big news from the uh, from the Chevy camp. Yeah. Dude, this is... Are, are you ready for a four-cylinder Silverado? Um... I mean, it sounds weenie at first. Yeah, yeah. So, so why don't we get into uh, what's new in trucks, and we'll uh, we'll explore this topic a little more. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Uh. <laughs> we still have it. Hello? Mr. Brett Evans, Lightning and Holman Truck Show Podcast. What's happening, dude? Hey, guys. Hey, Lightning. Hey, Holman. How's it going? Good. Hey, man. So uh, we were just talking about how uh, Chevy finally made some announcements about the powertrain on the 2019 Silverado, and you were our man on the ground. You actually got to drive the truck. That's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. So uh, one of the, the things that they hadn't announced yet, and probably the most interesting thing that you came back with, the all-new 2.7-liter turbocharged four-cylinder yeah that was kind of a kind of a crazy uh crazy surprise that they dropped on us at the very end of the meeting they let us drive the trucks first without telling us anything and then at the end they kind of gave away what we had been driving all uh, all morning and it was a it was a big surprise for sure. wait what wait what are you serious so you they didn't pop the hood beforehand or hand you any like marketing literature or anything like that Nothing. They 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 did say that we were driving something special, and all they told us was that it was a gasoline and it wasn't a V8. So we knew it wasn't a diesel. We assumed it was probably going to be, you know, most people assumed it was going to be some kind of, you know, three liter, uh, three point six liter turbocharged, you know, some kind of EcoBoost competitor, kind of competitor. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and you know, I I also thought maybe it would be a hybrid, um, some kind of hybrid hybridized power power plant, and. Um, you know, just kind of on starting out, you could hear a little turbo whistle. So I was like, okay, it's got to be turbocharged. But there was very little lag. So I thought, is this a turbo and a hybrid? Because it just, I mean, it just picked up speed so quickly without any of that, that whooshing that you get with a, with a, you know, other turbos, even really, really good turbos. There's usually a, a fair amount, of, you know, a, a fair amount of lag. And right. And this one was just really, really smooth. And a lot this, of torque right off the line. This thing makes 310 horsepower and 348 pound-feet of torque. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. From from a two point seven four cylinder, and I, I think what's m- even more important about you know I think Brett's kind of burying the headline here is this is the first time anybody's driven any version of that truck, and yeah, so that's very true. we haven't had we haven't driven the diesel, we haven't driven the V eight, we haven't driven the V six, and I believe what is it Brett six different powertrain combos? Yeah, they've got six different. Well, uh, might be a little more than that. There's uh, there's going to be four different engines, and yep. Nope, five different. There's seven powertrain combos. Five wow. Engines, two different transmissions, seven <laughs> powertrain combos. Nice, nicely done. So the 2.7 liter, 310, 348, the turbo can spool up to 22 psi, which is pretty cool. But it runs on uh, regular gas, and I'm in premium, okay. and they're getting yep. that kind of numbers. I mean, that's yep, that's right. crazy. Yeah, yeah, and and the other kind of interesting thing is, you know, going back to the responses, they get 90% of peak torque. Uh, in just 1.9 seconds of you hitting the throttle 
to getting peak torque. Wow. 1.9 seconds. Torque peak is, uh, it extends from, I think it's 1800 RPM to 4,500 RPM. You get a big flat peak of torque. And then, yeah, you get 90% of that in, in less than two seconds, which they said was double, uh, uh, sorry, half the speed of any of the closest competitors with turbocharged engines. So definitely a pretty, pretty zesty turbo engine for sure. So I'm, I'm kind of curious too. All right. So we, we know the four cylinders and it, and what transmission is behind that thing? Four cylinder gets an eight speed automatic transmission. Okay. So, so we know the four cylinder eight speed combo. We know that there's the small block five, three. We know that the three liter diesel is coming. We know that they have uh, V six options as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so really a truck for every, you know, everybody, everybody's needs, you know, there's a truck for you. Um, it's interesting yep. because we're, we, we've been talking to people lately. We spoke with uh, Steve from Cummins, and it was interesting that he pointed out that we're finding customers these days that are buying full-size trucks, or I should say one tons, that really shouldn't be. Yeah. And, and, and now they're, 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 there's a place, there really is now a truck for everyone. You, you shouldn't uh-huh. necessarily, if you're just squirting around town, yeah. you, sh- you may not, need, you shouldn't have we'll a touch about truck. The, we'll touch on this in a future episode, too, about diesel inappropriateness, is what I call it. <laughs> and, uh, and I bring that up because uh, a lot of people buy diesel because it's the premium product, and they think, oh, I'm going to get a diesel. But those people who just go around town... They never get the diesel hot enough, and so they'll get their DPF clogged, and it'll say, it'll give a warning that says you need to drive on the freeway. For that person who gets that warning, should really have a gasoline powered vehicle, right? Because they're not using the diesel to to its potential. So, I mean, it's kind of like I mean, high end supercars that will happen with Ferraris. You will start clogging, and and you will cause the car harm yeah. if you don't open it up. Yeah. Every once in a while, yeah, you, or you, frequently, you've got to get you know heat into the diesel. It's got it's made for you know lugging along at a certain speed, not for the stop and go cycle. But it sounds like you know in Brett's experience, this two seven is is a great option for somebody who's maybe an air hauler or a commuter, but doesn't want to give up anything on on power. And yeah. um, the other thing, Brett, that I'm kind of curious about is this is re- the first time anybody's driven the truck. So what was your take on on the truck? You've been in the new Ram. Um, and really, you're the only one from staff on, on Truck Trend who's been in the new Chevy. What, what are your takeaways? Well, you know, it's definitely uh, – Chevy's always been good ever since the beginning. They've always been pretty good about making a nice, isolated truck with, you know, quiet cabin, good ride, everything like that. And they let us drive before we drove either of the uh, either of the new powertrains. We also drove a, a 5.3 liter with a 10-speed automatic transmission. And uh, before we drove either of those, they put us in uh, – 2018 Silverado 1500 with the 5.3 and the eight-speed transmission, and um, you know we drove around the same course with with all the trucks and the five the the 2018 does great. It's you know it's a fine truck. It's nice and quiet. Um, does a lot of things well. Obviously, um, it's a good all-around truck. And the 2019 just takes that all to you know the next level. Uh, there was there were a few sections of the ride and handling course that we drove it on where. You know, the, the road is deliberately rough, and you could definitely feel a difference in wheel control between the uh, the old truck and the new truck. How, how so? Um, how so? So you're, let's say you're going around a corner, maybe, you know, maybe at a pretty reasonable speed. Let's say you're, say you're taking a highway off-ramp at about 45 or 50, and you encounter some of those tiny little high-frequency undulations uh, that just happen when, when roads start to age. Um, in the old truck, you could, you could kind of feel it skittering across those bumps toward the outside of the corner. Um, and in the new truck, the steering wheel and the rear wheels and everything, they all t- tracked 
much more straight and true, um, keeping you on course a little bit better with some better control. Um, that comes down to better wheel control. It comes down to the more rigid platform that they're using. Just a lot of different things working together to make it just a just that much more comp- competent and that much more of a good driving truck in a, in a variety of conditions. So, so more importantly, you know what my beef is about the old trucks, and uh, yes. it's sort of a joke on staff. Well, I don't. What do you mean? What, what's your beef? Brett, why don't you tell Lightning what my beef is with the sh- current crop of Chevy trucks? Well, and as much as we make fun of you for this, Sean, since you pointed it out, it's the only thing I can I can experience when I'm driving <laughs> trucks. I'm dying to know. What bugs <laughs> Sean Holman? The steering wheel is completely off center in that truck. And it's not just off center, but it's also tilted ever so slightly. So your left arm is reaching a little bit further for the wheel than your right arm is. And lightning crazy, drive Sean crazy. I will ruin your drive home because your truck has that also. You will climb into your truck and go, holy crap. Your steering wheel's offset. It's not centered between my legs, is what you're saying. And not only that, but it's also canted this way when you're driving. And yep. it, and no idea why they did that, it is except no to help big fat guys get in. Uh, it's been like that for several generations, all the way back to, I think, the GMT 800s when they it is? widened the platform. Hold yep. on. You're saying that it's not parallel with my body. Correct. One of my biggest pet peeves. I, I hate oh, that on. about Hold on a Chevy second. Trucks. Hold on. I'm going to go check it out. I'll be right back. You guys talk <laughs> for a second. Hold on. Hold on a second. Yeah, so, uh, so Lightning has his, uh, his big dumb truck outside. Uh, I'll be right back. So he's going to apparently go out and uh, and take a look at it. So while he's doing that, um, Brett, can you tell us about the new truck steering wheel? Sure. The new truck steering wheel is centered, and it is parallel to the dashboard. And it is, I mean, it's it's such a small thing, but it it just makes it so much easier to drive. You is know? it? Can, I, you, I, can you tell me? Is it sublime? It is absolutely sublime. <laughs> yeah, I... I, uh, I Hate that the Chevy guys know I hate it. I always give them a hard time about it. Uh, if you're a Tahoe uh, suburban, uh, any full size pickup truck, heavy duty, light duty, they're all the same. The steering wheel is offset and canted. So I've been complaining about that for years and years and years in my reviews. And to, to Chevy, the new truck, which is the T1 platform, pretty darn sure that. Uh, no, no. See? No, 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 I don't see that. What yeah, are you talking about? Yeah, you have denial. No, I know you have total denial. What are you denial. talking about? I just looked. It's no. it's dead center. No, it's not. It's because I have a center. St- I have I have catskin nope. seat nope. covers, and it's it's dead nut center. No, it's not. Are you what? It's yeah, not, man. You're, you're you're it's dark outside right now, and yeah. you and you are in denial. Next time, next time you're washing the windshield, look down at your steering wheel. Yeah, what we're getting to is the new truck fixed, totally centered. Steering yeah. wheel's great. So it, it's uh, I can. You're saying that I'm so used to it, yes. I can't even see it now. Yes, and there are people yep. right now listening to the show that are driving their Chevy trucks who, ju- who just went, "Damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is gonna this is gonna kill me on the way home. So what this is going to kill me on the way home? I don't can't I can't figure out how I. You don't understand how anal I am. No, this no, no. Is not, um, this will ruin now, you. I've been in cars where they're slightly off center and no. they drive me crazy. I don't feel that about. Yep. Hmm. Yep. So hmm. Uh, so anyway, there, we've got plenty of uh, more news to come on the 2019 Chevy Silverado. So uh, we will let you guys know when we have more. And, Brett, thanks so much yeah, for so, uh, so joining Brett, us. Wait, so overall, you got to rate the truck 1 to 10, 10 being best. No, you got to uh, wait till our of the year competition it's later this early. year. Too early. No, oh, it's too early? too early? Way too yeah, early. It's a great truck. It's definitely much improved, you know, and, and uh, a lot of interesting things. A truck for all people is, is probably a pretty accurate way to say it. Can't wait to, to really sample it with a trailer and with uh, – 
a couple of other trucks to drive back to back, but definitely a big improvement and uh, and a solid truck. Fanboys will be happy, and it might attract some new buyers too. To the Brett, point. Brett, how did you ask the question of of Chevy? How are they keeping these things under wraps? They kept the Denali tailgate, right? What do they call the tailgate? The multi pro. The, the multi pro. Okay, they kept the multi pro super duper under wraps. This engine, this platform, super duper under wraps. I can't. How is how is word not leaking out? I mean, it, I, I, I honestly, I commend them for that. But it's amazing. You guys are journalists, and you you've uncovered Holman. You've uncovered quite a few stories. Sure. In, in, you know, in your history. Um, but these were coming as a surprise to you and 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 Brett. Yeah. I find that amazing. It makes it interesting for us, though, right? It's like, gr- absolutely. Like it's, it's nice to be surprised once in a while. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So Brett Evans, uh, staff editor for Truck Trend Magazine and trucktrend.com. So, uh, Brett, thanks again for joining us, and we will have you on uh, next time you drive something cool. Sounds great. No worries. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Bye. It was great. Okay. So we need to uh, go out to your truck so I can show you how your steering wheel is totally not centered. All right. Let's 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 go. All right. So what you're saying – hold on. Keys. Oh, keys. Okay. We are going to the parking lot outside of the Truck Show Podcast studio to take a look I'm at my... To you okay. and anybody who has a current GM or the last like three generations that have this issue. Um, All right, hold on. It just bugs me. Like, I don't know why. It just bugs me. All right, so let's you, get but... inside. What are you... But I, I can't even picture what you're talking about here. Okay. All right, so in the truck... So center, center yourself on your seat so that the center stitch of your seat lines up the center part Okay, of so seat. yeah, it's it's right. Okay. It's squared. Why not? steering wheel. Where's the sh- middle of the steering wheel compared to the middle of your pants? Oh, you're an asshole. Dude, so oh, far you off. are an okay. asshole. Not only that. What? Okay, notice- so here, here's the deal. I'm looking at the bow tie badge, the little aluminum badge that is dead center in the steering wheel, the horn, of course. And if I draw a line straight down, it's to the right of my crotch. And that <laughs> is, that sucks. Yeah. Okay, so now the other thing that you should That's do- bizarre. Why would they do that? And Okay, so... My steering wheel is to the right, just a hair. You're welcome. Yeah, that is, um, <laughs> that ruins my day. Uh, that ruins my day. So now you can see why I'm so excited that the 2019 Chevy Silverado has a centered steering wheel. So it's I wonder on the why would they have done that? Uh, I don't know for sure. It's legacy, I think, to the, the, um, the hard points of the chassis over time. I think that even though the trucks have gone through different generations, the hard points for certain components have stayed the same. I bet I know so what it is, though. You know what it is? Yeah, the truck got wider, but, but the steering stayed in the same spot. No, the the center console got wider, which pushed my seat to the left. Yeah, every, yeah, everything got the body got wider, but the the hard point for the steering stayed in the same spot. So, um, god damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for anybody who's now driving. Now, here's the thing: is is if you're in a new Chevy truck, a late model. Uh, not only is it off center, but the steering wheel is also canted, meaning that the right hand side of the steering wheel is closer to you than the left hand studio. I would love for people who my are, head would melt if I were driving a new. I, I would I love even, for like, somebody. Oh. Yeah, I would love for somebody who's driving that truck right now to email us at truckshowpodcast at gmail dot com and be like, Holman, you ruined my truck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're welcome. I'm gonna get out now. <laughs> All right, so you don't have to get in and in the just no, get get on. out of the I, truck. I've got to climb up it. I've ne- I now, actually have not. I get it. Door. I get it. I get it. Like I'm already kind of in a hey, crappy dude, mood now. Do you see that bird? Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, I got it. You got me with my own freaking horn, <laughs> douche. Oh. <laughs> well played, friend. <laughs> well played. All right, let's go back in. Boy, 
That escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. I think it's time we talk tires. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've got a great guy uh, who we can give a call to, uh, Andrew Hoyt, who's the uh, vice president of uh, sales and marketing for a company called Tire Co. here okay. in Southern California. <laughs> Which I call BS on. All right, <laughs> dial and smile. All right, let, let's, let's get the, uh, the scoop you hate here. That, you hate that term, don't you? Dial oh, and smile. It's so stupid. It's, it's, just, it, it's supposed to be so corny that it comes full circle to yeah, funny, but it doesn't. It right? doesn't. Dial and smile. It's just... Just yeah. corny. I get it. All right. All right. I get it. What's happening, sir? Hey, Andrew Hoyt. It is uh, Lightning and Holman from the Truck Show Podcast. What's happening? How are you? We are fantastic. We uh, we have lots of questions for you. You uh, you belong to a company called Tireco here in Southern California, and you're currently in the building in Gardena that used to be the Nissan corporate headquarters. So Lightning and I were talking, and he goes, I drive by that building Every day, I have no idea what they do. You know what? That that building that you're in to me, Andrew, is like uh, it's like Skynet. It doesn't actually exist, <laughs> but like it's this, there's, a, there's a giant tire co up there, and I go, I've never seen tire co tires. There's is it like a is it a, is it a big holding company that owns other tire brands or what is it? It's not even real. I've never seen that tire truck drive in or out of there, but it's like twenty story building. So so I I told Lightning, I said, hey, you know, I, I've got a great guest. It's my friend Andrew. He's been in the tire biz for a long time. Um, he used to work for another company, help them launch their brand and reinvigorate their brand here in the U.S. He's in the middle of launching a new tire brand that's starting to get traction, no pun intended. And he goes, well, where does he work? And I said, Tire Co. He goes, okay, I have, I have questions. I have no idea what that is. So. We got a lot of questions. Hold on. Before we start, you're in the parts department. Here we go. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, Grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts, and your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money? And then you want to come back. Andrew, you are in the parts department. What are our listeners spending their money on with you? Well, uh, you know, as you've seen, the the new Patagonia light truck lines, the the. MT is our hottest tire that that we're making the waves with. Uh, we actually launched it in 2016, but um, shortly before I joined the company in late 2016, and we're starting to add the enthusiast sizes that have just launched. Um, the 37, 12, 50, 17 has been around for about nine months. The 38, 13, 50, 17 just launched as did the 40. Yeah, did I see the 40 at Moab Easter Jeep Safari? It was on a bunch of rigs, including... Lonnie at Skyjacker's brand new JL, right? It was on Lonnie's JL. It was on Northridge 4x4's JK. Um, so we had it on a few races. And it's it a, was on it's a Ryan cool. Hagel's Power Wagon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're going to need to – people are going to be wondering what the tread pattern looks like. And yeah. people are kind of like, yeah, there's – people – it's funny. People identify with tread patterns, which I want to talk about in just a second. But let's go back a, a, a few steps, Andrew. Tell me about Tireco. Like, like what the f- – <laughs> so, like, where's well, it from what's the story it's a long story actually it started in 1972 so it's been around forever and you know when i joined it i laid when i joined tire co in late 16 i said this is the best kept secret in the tire industry it's Nobody so knows it's, it's so well kept that we, yeah i didn't know it was a real business <laughs> um, so it started by the lou family in 1972 they started by selling huffy motor or huffy bicycles tubes and tires and snapper lawnmowers lawnmower tires That's oh how they started. so and, and before uh, andrew goes any further i just want to preface the the story here this is your quintessential 
American dream story. These are people who immigrated to the United States, built a business, and now it's this massive business that started from almost nothing, and it's a really great story. How so? Tell me. So Mr. and Mrs. Liu, L-I-U, um, they moved here. Uh, he was actually a salesman when he was young, uh, growing up in China, um, but they moved to the States. He went to the University of Utah. She went to Florida State University, where she was the first Asian homecoming queen at Florida State. Um, don't know the year, but they're just they're still active in the company today, too, which they're just two incredible human beings. But he is an absolute salesman through and through. You, you talk to him and you see him and you know how he, he built it, how he just sells with passion. Um, and they've grown and grown and grown and grown. You can go on our Tire Co. website and, and see some of the historical milestones that one after another. We started Nanking is a Taiwanese. Tire I've heard of that brand. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yep. They're best known for ultra high performance stuff. The low profile tuner stuff is kind of where they their roots are from that. We were we were since 1976, the official distributor for Nanking in all of North America and still are today. That's our oldest passenger car relationship. So today we're also we also distribute Westlake brand um, for passenger and light truck. But our flagship brand is the Milestar. That Patagonia MT is one of our uh, light truck lines. But Milestar is the brand that we own and control globally. So that's where all of the the main the primary marketing focus and push and, and building of the brand is all behind the Milestar. Milestar. Okay. Yes. And and what are your main distribution channels? Are you are you small performance shops? Are you Costco? I mean, tell me we where can people find you? Surprisingly, almost everywhere. Uh, not we're not in the buying groups. We're not in the Costcos, but we're in mom and pop stores uh, nationally. We're in large retail chains like Discount Tire, regional retail chains like Bell Tire in Michigan, Town Fair Tire in Connecticut. Uh, we're in wholesale distributors throughout this the u.s barons wholesale in florida reliable tire in, in atlanta and new jersey um community tire in missouri so we are literally coast to coast and the western half from the west of the rockies we actually have our own distribution company called tire distributor experts or tdx um and we did that about six years ago because the industry was going through a lot of changes there's a lot of acquisitions You've probably heard of ATD or America Tire Distributors. Yep. Well, they were gobbling up everybody. They today are the largest wholesale distributor in the U.S., but they're going through a really challenging time because they're, they're private equity funded and Goodyear just pulled out of ATD. So mm. long story, the reason we went into the wholesale business was because ATD was expanding so rapidly and we did it more as a defensive move to get – distribution on the west coast where we didn't have great distributors your um tell me about pricing versus competition and your value proposition uh that's why i one of the main reasons i call us the best kept secret because our value proposition is incredible if you look at what we sell of, of our 40 inch mt for example um you, know, you can buy it it's it's on northridge4x4.com today for 399 dollars which is incredible for a 40-inch tire. That's yeah. $100 less than the next closest brand. It's, and it's it's roughly $200 less than my 37. Well, and I'd also yeah. add that, you know, I talked to people at Moab at Easter Jeep Safari who were running the tire, and everybody loved it. I mean, everybody's like, I'm really impressed. 
no chunking or cutting. I was looking at Tell it. Tell me about the noise. Like off-road tires are typically, well, I mean, like like mudders are noisy. So, but. I mean, Andrew can probably speak to that. I can't, I didn't ride in them, but I was asking a lot of questions. What I was most interested in, it's a very unique tread pattern. And in the world of, of tires, a lot of times you'll have a brand come into the MT market and their tire pattern is derivative or it looks like somebody's older tire pattern. These things don't look like anybody else's tires. They're very cool. Are they Everybody little shapes? Is it like Andrew's face all the way around? <laughs> yes, little, little Andrew Sipes <laughs> all over. Andrew, mean, mean God, mug no, me. that would be the ugliest tire. <laughs> no, no, no. The ugliest tire ever would be Jay, uh, Would be Lightning's face all over. Uh, oh, whatever. <laughs> no. You're the one that just shaved your freaking beard off. You yeah. look like a freak of nature I need to die. It's, grow, it's already growing back Throw right that now. sucker back. Yeah. You guys don't I, even know. I, I did see that shot from the Angels game, and I was a little scared. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's been a week of hell and terror. I realized that after I shaved my beard that i lost all my superpowers so. you did you got more chins than chinatown yeah, right it's here, awful you. man so uh well, i'm you, i'm it's coming you look back like you're about 18 years old now yeah i i uh i got carded for the first time in a long time did you uh, really buying beer the other day what? yeah i'm like they didn't look at your crow's feet no and then say oh no. it's got they didn't look at my balding head they didn't look like <laughs> i didn't have any gray whiskers sticking out just gray ear hair so it's just uh it's bad. I know. I'm growing the beard back. It's, uh, yeah, you know, so just. So I, I want to go back to the tire co thing. So they, they start selling like bicycle tires and industrial tires and, and, and you know, and lawnmower thing tires. And it's, how do they grow into this behemoth? Or is it just, is this a 60 year evolution? Like, how do they do this? Well, you know, I, he, Mr. Lou, doesn't know how to say no to an opportunity i mean and he has done a lot and he has tried a lot they've purchased retail chains they've purchased wholesalers so they've they've done a lot of things over the years to really find the path and, and cut out their niche and and they they purposefully wanted to fly under the radar which is what they wanted to be the best kept secret why, why they, is that why do you suppose as opposed to you know, a, like you take some of your competitors that are marketing agencies that happen to sell tires. You're the yes. opposite. You're a tire company that, you know, you could you could argue that there wasn't much marketing or, or any was, for many years. Before I joined, there was zero marketing. But they brought me in because they said, OK, times are changing. We can no longer just be under the radar. Nobody knows us. We need to start making a name for ourselves because of all the acquisitions and mergers going on. They were afraid that they needed to to unveil. So, so, so to, to so to do this, Andrew, are they going after big sponsors? Are we going to see off road racers sporting your tires? Are we going to see drift cars rocking your low profile tires, et cetera? What's that going to look know, like for the future, Tireco? We are trying to be very strategic and very thoughtful. First of all, we don't want to shock our distributors. He just said, we, by the way, he, you know what he said to me? I have a small marketing budget. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. No, no, no. He said, no, no. He said, I'm efficient with my marketing budget. Okay, all right. I wasn't trying to knock Andrew. I would just try, yeah. Or efficient with my small marketing budget. Exactly. <laughs> no, I will tell you, I have a small marketing budget. I mean, if you look at any of the, even the second tier tire brands, they have... $30 million a year marketing budget. So, so I'm kind of interested to follow up on that a little bit. So what's it like, and, and you having been in the tire business for a long time, you've seen tire companies come in, you've seen tire companies leave, you've seen people try and break into the market, you've actually helped brands break into the market. What's it like coming into a brand with that smaller marketing budget and basically growing the brand from almost zero 
awareness to to being something that's on these high profile rigs at Easter Jeep Safari where people are talking about them? Well, first of all, I love being the underdog. Um, I, I do know I, that about you. Everybody loves that, uh, I would think. And it's got to start with product. So the product has to be first quality. And we've got a, a guy that runs our technical side that spent over 20 years with Cooper um, that does a phenomenal job collaborating with us to develop the products. Um, and, you know, we've got relationships in the industry that have been around a long time and people that are willing to uh, test the product and they trust us and we have great relationships. Well, so. I think they trust you too. I think that was probably one of Tyreco's biggest coups when bringing you over is is the relationships that you've brought from the industry that they probably didn't have before. And now you're uh, enabling them to reach people that were never in their wheelhouse. Definitely. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's exciting because nobody's heard of us. So that's always the first thing out of the map. Milestar. I've never heard of Milestar. Tyreco. Who's Tyreco? Uh, but the tires work. And, and back to the question about the tread pattern, if you've seen it, it is extremely unique. And we did that because we didn't want to just knock off a Toyo like everybody else and their brother has done. And, and it's got a, a solid, almost solid center rib that's broken up. And it's it's got some siping and different things in it. But because of the center rib, it's an extremely quiet tread pattern, which no one expects because on the sides of the pattern, it's got large lugs um, that are almost nitto mud grappler-ish. You know, you've got that are that are lateral. So lateral lugs are will typically make a lot of noise. But because of the center rib, it makes the pattern extremely quiet. It's it blew me away the first time I drove on it. And it most people say the exact same thing. I can't believe how quiet it is. I'm looking at the uh, the Milestar tire here. Um and this and is as a, you can see, uh, 12, it's 12 and a half R20. Totally unique. This is it is unique and it is um it's not as squared off as a Toyo, like you said. It's yeah. not but it I, I really like this because it looks It doesn't a, look like a BFG, no, it doesn't it look does. like a previous generation it's aggressive, anything. Yeah. But it's aggressive. Very and it's I, I don't know if I would use the word classy, but it is. Yeah, no, it's a good it's a good looking tire. And I you know, I know the Patagonia line is is your off-road line, but for the guys that have, you know, trucks that they're doing lots of towing and highway, you guys have tires for, for all those needs, right? We do. We're launching right now a new AT. It's called the Patagonia ATR. Um, it's a cut and chip resistant. It will it comes in, you know, it's soup to nuts. Uh, towing, pickup truck, whatever you need, all-purpose, all uh, all-terrain. Um, load range goes up to si or load range? In that, a load range will go to an E. Okay. Um so C and for, to for, E's. For, for people who don't know. Yeah, so so basically load range A, B, C, D, E, F on up just tells the load carrying capacity of, of the tire. The uh, F is now emerging. Yeah. And, and even in the Patagonia MT, we have several F load ranges. The 35, 12, 50, 20, for example, uh, is the number one aftermarket size and light truck aftermarket size in the U.S. We're building it in the F load range. And what that does, any three-quarter ton or one-ton truck today – calls for 80 psi exactly um and what happens if you put a high flotation tire on it which a high flotation means a tire size that looks like 35 12 50 20 um an lt metric size is an lt 285 75 16 those are just sizing formats and in the high flotation when you convert it even if it's an e load range high flotation size the maximum air pressure is only 65 psi 
So we're on an LT metric E load range that's 80 PSI. And what happens is on those three quarter ton and one tons, you can't get the TPMS light off on the dash. Oh. The, the other side of that too is when you have a, so you on your Jeep, you might want to run a load range C flotation, load range D flotation. But in those bigger trucks with the high uh, towing capability now, you want a LT metric uh, style. When you have a load range E or better, it means that you're still going to get the the tread, grip, and, and all the things that you'd expect from the AT, but you don't have to worry about not having enough tire capacity to be able to tow, add tongue weight, all the things. And that way, ensuring you're in the right load range ensures that the full capability of your vehicle can be realized even when you're going to an aftermarket tire tread pattern. Gotcha. Definitely. And in the aftermarket world, for a car dealer, they can't sell a, a new car off the lot with the TPMS light on. So if they want to lift the truck, which a lot of dealerships do because they make more money on the accessories and the lift and the wheels and tires than they actually do selling the new truck. Uh, but they've got to have an F load range on there to get the TPMS light off. Interesting. So there's no way to bypass in some, some you can bypass. Yeah, it depend, right? depends on the vehicle, but if it's not really supported by the aftermarket, it's not popular. Right. You're, you're stuck with what you're stuck with. I wanted to ask you, Andrew, about, cause you've been in this industry for so long, some of the myths of, of tires that uh, people ask you about, I, I, like a question that you're asked all the time and you shake your head and go, oh, here we go again. You know, the, the most common is probably the load, the load range itself is what confuses the most people because they like the C, the D, the E, the F, the C, they'll say it's a six ply rating, but it actually doesn't mean the tire has six plies in it. A D is eight ply rating. An E is 10, an F is 12. But rating, um, not actual. Rating, not actual Interesting. And the other thing is I think people also- So it's also, merely a comparison to a right. tire that would have six Because plies. the technology has changed over time. Some brands have Kevlar. Some brands have something else, right? So so they can put a stronger you know, type of fiber or construction in it to be the equivalent of. But I think the other you know um, misunderstanding or misconception, and, and Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong, is that people- um, equate load range with ride quality and that's not always the case very true very true uh they assume because it's got a higher load range it's going to ride stiffer but that is not the case and how do they achieve that or or, or what is the what's what is that well the what ultimately holds the weight of a vehicle is air and it's the air pressure that you can hold um so you know, if it's an 80 PSI in an E versus an 80 PSI in an F, it's the, the load or the ride quality is really not going to change as long as you've got it at the, at the same PSI. Question for you that we that I see every once in a while from friends of mine that are not car geeks at all. Um, although we probably don't have many listening to this podcast, but you get a nail in between the tread. You can use a plug, especially on a, on a you know, a, an off-road tire. If you puncture the sidewall, is it throw it in the trash? Technically, yes, it should be. Um, and, and even you even have to be careful if there's a puncture in the tread area, to be totally honest and, and conservative, because anytime there's a puncture anywhere in the tire, it allows moisture to get in between the layers of the construction. But sidewall damage, unless we're an off-road enthusiast like we are, and, and you see the guys that are driving with plugs hanging out of the, the sidewall <laughs> tree branches um, plugs, yeah, yeah. whatever <laughs> screwdriver uh, i mean 
if there's ever a sidewall puncture, you should not yeah. attempt to repair. Same the tire. with a bubble. Be... I don't think people recognize that a bubble is just as bad for the tire, just about an omen as having a uh, a sidewall cut or, or puncture. And a bubble, At... yeah, I mean a pothole with that's got you know sharp sides yeah. will. Uh... Yeah, you don't want the inside of the tire. The constructions are delaminating. That's that's a bad thing. And you know a tire survives by heat management. That's why air pressure is what it is. That's why if you have a low tire, you run on it for a long time, it starts to fall apart because it gets too much heat. Well, what happens is you start tearing apart where it's delaminating or you're losing air and you're at a certain speed and weight and everything else. The tire starts to basically, it, it gets worn from the inside from the tire heat. And then you yeah, don't- the, the inner liner just yeah. melts. Yeah, you just it's don't It's so interesting that you'd never think that. You just, because visually- See the exterior of the tire. Yep. And oh, it's it's. I still have life. Yeah. Own control. They'll, they'll do great. I remember when we had a set of tires on a, a Ram Power Wagon. Went to Moab. Went rock crawling. Went up one of the uh, the famous obstacles there, Hell's uh, Hell's Gate. We had the tire pressure down and uh, it did awesome. No problem. Driving it home at full pressure, we had two blowouts on those tires because we were using the sidewalls to crawl up a V notch, and it had damaged the tires internally. They looked fine. And uh, ended up having to uh, having to get the truck towed. And so again, got a bubble. It's got to go. Yep. Yes. Right? You can't absolutely. pop it like a zit, right? It's not going away. No, no. don't don't pop it. That's, <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be popping your tires. That's right? not not intentionally. That's not good. Last thing, Andrew, warranty. Tell me about the policy of Tireco. People have different, many different companies have different policies, and people do kind of take that into consideration when they're making a, a tire purchase. Sure, sure. Well, we're pretty comparable to any other tire company out there. We've got passenger tires that are warrantied up to 60,000 miles, and we've got light truck tires that are warrantied up to 50,000 miles. Our, our products are extremely comparable to, to anybody else in the industry. Gotcha. Well, there you have it, folks. The uh, the best tire you've never heard about. <laughs> tire Co. Milestartires.com. There it is, milestartires.com. you got to check out the Patagonia line. Andrew, thanks so much for uh, covering out the time for us and uh, educating Lightning on Tires. I was going to say, and dealing with my <laughs> dumbass questions. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All no, right, buddy. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Holman, I see you've got a video over the. Don't move your. Don't don't turn that away so I can't see. Oh, wait. You're not allowed to see it. Suppo- oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. You can't gotcha. see it. You got it. We got to do the setup. This is what the truck? What the truck? What the truck? Exactly. Okay. All right. <laughs> Can I hit play on this? Yeah, thing? yeah. Hit, hit play because uh, this this crossed my Facebook feed today, and I was like, this is awesome. We, we need to talk about this. Wild new video out of Wisconsin shows the moment that a red pickup truck climbs oh. a dividing wall on an interstate, rides the wheel, oh. and cheers off not one, but two light poles. And keeps Luckily, on no going. one else was hurt. You can see the other cars swerving out of the way to avoid the falling steel and debris. <laughs> poles oh. did exactly what they're designed to do. They're supposed to break off like yeah, that? Yeah, they're supposed to be breakaway like that. Once you shear off that pole, the, the concern is being at where the base was connected because you would potentially have exposed wires. It was a crazy scene. At one point, you could see a good Samaritan walking across traffic to check on the driver as the drivers across that concrete barrier try to process what had happened and also assess the damage. Deputies later arrived and gave the driver of the truck a field sobriety test before cuffing him and taking him away. So, drunky, drunky drunkster. Yeah, kids, allegedly. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, this truck, all right, this is a maroon F- Super Duty. Yep, yeah, maroon F 250. Looks yeah. like a uh, 7 3 truck by the headlights. So, early yep. Super Duty, 99 to uh, 05. And he's in the number one lane, obviously, and he it rides up on the center median. Uh, which is about, I don't know, it looks about four foot tall, roughly. 
and it's uh, his 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 driver side wheels go all the way over. So now this it's um so think about it. Center divider is in yes. the center of the truck. You're, you're driving right, and the center divider, the K rails in the middle, right? They they you tape. know what he's doing? He's a skateboard and he's grinding exactly. Yeah. So there's a taper on the bottom that's designed to roll you up and roll you off. That's why those freeway dividers aren't vertical. They're, is at, that, they're angled. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So if you hit it, you just roll up and roll off rather than hitting a wall at speed. Okay. So what this thing does is exactly what it's designed to do. It just brought them up, except this is a solid axle Super Duty, and the front axle, the wheel hooks over the other side. And he's he seriously just, like, a, yeah. like a set of tracker trucks on a skateboard just... Totally. <laughs> just, just knocking down streetlights in the middle of the freeway. Oh, These so. are like, I don't know, 60-foot street... Yeah. 60-foot tall streetlights in here, yeah. and they're just coming down like toothpicks. Dude, it's... I, I saw the video, I'm like... Wow. I mean, what must it be like to be in that? And then did the guy fall asleep? Was he just totally drunk? And he's like, whack, whack. You know, he's like, oh, I should turn off the uh, center divider now. I know. How does he not just turn the wheels? Because, yeah, he just kept going straight. Just, he, maybe he's so stunned. They just keep <laughs> coming. Or so coming stoned, yeah. something. All right, so you guys need to uh, go on YouTube and truck jumps median. Yeah, or we'll put it on uh, on the socials at uh, Truck Show Podcast. What the truck? So I'm starting to think that every male who is hating on my new truck probably sits down to f- piss. Yesterday I posted my truck. It's my dream truck, man. It's just, that's what I like. The 90 model Chevy, nothing f- special. What's the f- moto medals? So I get on to my <laughs> Facebook and I see all these comments. That's your f- dream truck? Oh, whoa, whoa. What'd it cost you? $3,000, you f- broke bitch? If that's your dream truck, you must have a drug problem. Listen, I know all y'all guys hating <laughs> on my stuff like to touch each other's and clean your f- wheels and yes it is a three thousand dollar truck to be exact with a brand new f- motor a brand new transmission and brand new wheels oh uh, uh, you should have got some american forces what but no this isn't a spending money contest <laughs> all y'all motherfuckers over here looking like oh my god let's put lights under the wheels I hate on my sh- because i ain't <laughs> spending eight thousand dollars of daddy and mommy's money on goddamn wheels I'd rather put that in my mother savings account Somebody like me get drunk, come scratch your rims, cause you're a bitch. Oh, he scratched your rims. What's up with this mother? Put a lift kit in the front, ten inches, and put airbags on the back. That's called lightning strike. Hey, bro, can we pull over to the left at Wendy's? He's literally talking about you. Yeah, I'm gonna drive something to where if I hit you at 50 miles an hour by accident, cause you can't drive, I'm gonna have to get a new bumper. (laughs) <laughs> wow yeah so that's what the truck <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely what the truck he was on fire up church you can look him up on youtube that's a it's a <laughs> gag but it's still like it cracks me up all right time to get some email you email yeah i email do it we email that's right everybody email type it up you email proofread i email send it we email click it everybody email all right, it is the Truck Show Podcast. I'm Lightning, he's Holman, and it's email time. So let's see. Do you want me to start? You're going to yeah, start? Yeah, go for it. Okay, hold on. Let me go. I can move the microphone over to the side, huh? Let me move this here. Okay, this is coming from Austin Meston. Particularly curious on what Lightning's opinion is of the Ford F-150 Lightnings, if he has one, and why, if not. And I'm curious if you guys think we'll ever see a two-wheel drive muscle package from the dealership. Not so much like the Yanko package offered for the Chevys, but one straight from the factory dealership. Hmm. That's a pretty good question. I have driven many a Lightning. I do not own one. I thought it was... Is that what your wife said? Uh, <laughs> thank you. Good night. Oh, wait, where's my... Do I have a rim shot? Uh... 
Uh, what are my thoughts on the Ford F one fifty Lightning? Your namesake. A, it was named a after you, right? Perfectly capable truck. But you know what? I just thought it was. Um, hmm. Can I be honest? Yeah. I'm not. A, I'm not a Ford guy. Yeah, I know. I'm not a Ford. But this is not me hating on Fords. You're just not a Ford guy. I'm just not a Ford guy. So. Can you, but I want people to understand that you can just not be a particular, like, yeah. it's just not my thing. But I, by no means am I the Calvin Hobbes sticker, I, you know. I will tell you that I came into this industry as a particular brand guy mm -hmm. and have driven everything and have talked to engineers and have been to car companies and have experienced everything for better and worse. And I am not a anything guy anymore. Okay. Just I, it, I have seen it all, and it, it's there. Everything has got good points and bad points. I guess yeah. it helped as a journalist. I came in hardcore one brand, right? And I'm now just agnostic. I I'm more far more agnostic than I have ever been, and I love the new six seven, the Ford F two fifty three fifty etc. I love those. I do love your Raptor. I'm not gonna lie about that. I don't know why I'm not a Ford guy. I just uh, you know what I, I think because. Two body styles ago, they didn't really interest didn't, me. Didn't do it for yeah, you. Yeah, the six zero, the seven three, whatever. It I'm just, just excited, really and I get to be a Chevy guy again because the steering wheel centered. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, <laughs> no. He he asked if there's ever going to be a two wheel drive muscle package from the dealership. Well, there's been plenty, right? So so lightning. We talked about last week with the uh, Raptor that Ford developed the Raptor because they wanted to make a better truck, not turn a truck into a supercar. And what's interesting is I feel like the tide is actually changing. I feel like. In the next couple of years, don't be shocked if you see a couple of uh, street-oriented performance packages and trucks. Maybe the Hellcat dropped into a Ram or something along those lines. Is that because we're co we're coming full, full circle? circle? Yeah, because yeah. everybody. Been so long. What was eighties? When was the last time we no, saw? No, 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 no. It would be two thousand with the Viper truck, the SRT ten. Oh, Ram. I completely forgot. So about I got a story that, about that, yeah. but I just you know I, I think that because the off-road market is so saturated now with OEs. The next guy is going to go, hey, I don't want to play in that space because everybody's there, so I'm going to come out with a street package. So you I, know, I, I, I got to say that, so for to, to talk about his email, um, I have always been infatuated with lower trucks. Yeah. And um, the morning show that I worked with, Kevin and Bean on K-Rock in L.A., they never understood it. They, it was, yeah. And, and the, the listeners were like, lightning in his lower truck. I've never owned one. Yeah. I've straight up never owned a lower truck. Yeah. A couple lifted trucks, a couple stock trucks. Mm -hmm. Never lowered, and I've always wanted a bag of truck put on the ground. Yeah, well, like I, I am obsessed with. Uh, remember, we talked to um, the frame company, um, not not Scott. Yeah, roaster shop. The roaster shop. Yeah. Oh my lord! You know, I, their stuff is beautiful. I would love to have a roaster shop yeah. frame where it's designed to tuck all the exactly. way up, and I yeah. can just lay frame. Yeah, and and uh, that is something that I will do. Well, I've got my my wife won't understand it. No, will, no, nobody nor, will. Nor will any radio yeah. guy. Nor but like, Listen, I came from the off road world, but I appreciate everything. I've got my '67 F100 that's actually at Banks right now, and we're Project Speed Bump that we're putting a tuned up EcoBoost in, and it's lowered just because I I Although love not the way those look. The, not not radically. No, it's, it's more pro modded than right. it is. You know, it's not bagged. It's all steel spring right. and stuff. It's got 18s, not 20s. It just barely tucks a little bit. Uh, we've been working on that for a while, but I mean that's that's my lower truck. But, but street trucks are coming back. They because are. Look around SoCal; you can see the old square body Chevys that had the Boyd wheels and the and the little mirrors and all that stuff. Those things are starting to reappear. I don't know if you've been paying attention. They're on the freeways. They're out there right now. I do see those, and I wanted to ask you because on the way here, it reminded me of something. So I don't know if the um, the the single cab short bed thing here in Southern California is kind of a, a fraction 
uh, or a, a splinter of the low riding scene. Maybe, but but, um, but here's the deal. I I don't. It's 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 interesting. Like it's its own thing. Right? Yeah, and I've got a I got a short bed regular cab F100 that we're turning into a sport truck, putting lots of horsepower in it and stuff. So I can appreciate it. what I. What's funny is it's because it's lighter and more nibble and faster. Yeah, it looks and, and styling wise, it's short and squatty and wide, and it just right. looks better. Uh, but yeah, so it's lightweight. And better, all, better to the horrible truck, but <laughs> uh, but awesome look, right? But uh, but here's the deal. It, it seems like the like '90s and 2000 trucks are, are different than the early ones. Like all the C10s, you know, everybody's got a short bed, regular cab C10. The classic stuff that seems to be kind of in its own world, and it seems like the last 20 years. Sort of went away, but I, I'm seeing them come back. What's interesting is not a lot of manufacturers, you know, Ram hasn't even announced their re- regular cab truck yet. So are they going to have it? I think they are. Mm. But it's one of those things where it's like um, there's a lot of trucks you can't get as a regular cab anymore. You can't get a regular cab, uh, Nissan Frontier. Well, you who, can't... Wa- who wants one? And uh, this is no insult to the manufacturer, but like who wants to not be able to recline in your freaking, like, n- who? It depends how you use it. Like, I would love the, you know, the first truck I ever drove was a 89 Toyota. Short bed, regular cab, bench seat, nothing simple truck. I mean, I think there's some people just want to have a simple truck that. But you cannot recline. Yeah, but they're not. They're also not driving cross country in it. Or I think we're spoiled. L- listen to me more. I think clear. we're spoiled. L- listen to me more clearly. You, you cannot recline. That's not true. You move the seat up and then you can oh, recline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no then, worse than then, an airplane. And you're straddling the steering wheel uh, with your knees. All right. So I, I have a story real quick talking about the factory truck. So. Uh, I, I can't remember the year. It was sometime in the early 2000s, like 2003-4, Ford set the world record for the fastest uh, production truck in a Lightning. It was 147 miles an hour. I get a phone call from the team at, 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 at the time Dodge, Ram now, and they said, we'd like for you to come out and uh, experience our speed record run. Really? And they had the Ram SRT10. And the Ram SRT10 was a badass. It had a Viper engine. It had a, a Tremec, I believe, shifter or a transmission with a Hurst shifter. The thing had a Donkey Dick shifter about <laughs> 20 inches long, and the gates and the throws had to be like in measured in feet. And why? It was just because just the transmission's low and it's the leverage is so hot, you know. But it was awesome. Like it was just it, the truck got like nine miles per gallon, but it was so fast. It sounded so gnarly. It was. So powerful. The thing was just freaking awesome. So flew out to Chelsea Proving Grounds, which is their proving grounds out in Michigan. And I remember it was Super Bowl Sunday. Um, I was out there for that. Maybe Super Bowl Sunday or the day before. It was snowing. And they had whoever their NASCAR driver, factory driver was at the time, drove it around the track. And I will remember they hit 151 miles an hour. And I'm sure if you search on trucktrend.com, you can probably find the article. I wrote it, God, you know, 15 years ago. But I remember it going around, and I remember the pressure wave of that thing passing all of us. We were all standing at the guardrail in this, like, tent that kept us out of the elements. And he comes around, and the pressure wave of the amount of air that thing was moving was, like, just blasting Blew us. you back. Yeah, and, right. it's, and we're talking it's 28 degrees out. There's ice on the track. There's snow <laughs> everywhere. Well, the, the, the godfather, I guess you could say, of the Viper, Hel- Herb Helbig, Herb was in charge of, of that program. And he's like, hey, uh, you want to go, go for a ride real quick? And so this thing had gone 151 point something or 152, somewhere right in the, the, the 150 mile an hour range. And so I'm like, yeah, I want to go. It's so funny because people are going, yeah, well, 150 is not fast. Cause, I mean, this is 15 years ago. I know, but, but still, yeah. like, they're thinking supercar. They're yeah, not yeah. thinking a, a truck, which is, truck, which is a brick. Right, right. So Herb says, come on, hop in. And I hope I can tell the story. They, Herb's retired now, and I think the statute of limitations is probably up. But <laughs> we pull out, and we have our three-point seatbelts on. 
And Herb says, hey, I've got a visitor from California here. I'd like to take him for one quick loop around the track. And the, and the, uh, the track manager says, sorry, Herb, we're, we're closed. We're, we're done. He goes, just one quick lap. He goes, Herb, do you guys need helmets or, or the five points? He goes, no, no, no. We're, we're just going to do 100 miles an hour around the track. We'll be right back. And he's like, all right, Herb. Wait, so wait, no seat belts, no helmets? No, no, no helmets, but we had just the you normal the, car seat belts Oh, just on. a regular Not the racing chest. harnesses. Okay, got it. And by the way, when we had noticed when he set the world record, they had aluminum pedals in that truck. The pedal was bent from his foot bearing it in the floor. <laughs> well, just a, a side story. But so we get in and pull out on the track, and Herb just freaking nails it. The thing's sideways in the first three gears, right? And- it's icy and, and it's you, wait, cold. Wait, wait, right then, do you think he's going to lose it, or are you like? No, no, no he's oh. an excellent driver. He's a fan. But you, fine, but you've never been in a in a race truck with him before. Well, it was, it was a production truck, like literally oh, oh, bone stock production truck. And it, yeah, no, I wasn't worried. I I had driven with her before. He'd okay. take me for rides in Vipers. Okay, we're going around the backside of the track. I'm watching the speedo climb. 147. Oh, we just beat Ford. 148. 149. And this thing is just done like 151, 152, something like that. The doors are sucking off the seals, and you can feel the air coming over the hood. And Herb yells at me, Sean, how fast are we going? (laughs) And I look over and I go, 150, Herb. And he slams on the brakes, and we get down to like 30 miles an hour. And he goes, how fast are you going to tell him we went? I go, 100, Herb. He goes, you're damn right. And we went 30 miles an hour on the backside of the track to let our time catch up with us. Uh, but but we, he took me faster than Ford had gone and within a couple miles an hour of the record they had just set in the same truck. So I mean, it was awesome. It was just, that was one of those like, little moments where you kind of have that, that relationship or rapport with an engineer who's willing to give you a little something extra, and that was my something extra that that's day. That's nice. That's that good times. Very cool. So I, I, bottom line, I think that you'll see something come back. I think the manufacturers are interested. Plus, now, you know what occurs to me as, as we're talking about street trucks? Is this the movement that's happening in Florida that, that we're kind of here in the, you know, on the West Coast? We're all about off-road, okay, yeah. admittedly lifting that whole thing or there are some slam trucks but not as many but in the southeast um it's it's street level stance wide wide wheel and tire package yep so you're talking about a a minimum of a 12 inch wide rim if not 14 or beyond and you've got and so it almost looks like a a tree frog with its you know its its limbs yeah yeah right it's spread out uh, floating on the on a lily pad or something (laughs) and is that the modern day street truck, or has it not happened yet? I don't think. I don't think it happened yet. I, okay. I think. I think the modern day, at least, I think from a uh, aftermarket standpoint, it probably is the direction things are going. But from a factory standpoint, I think what they'll probably do is have you know blacked out rims and tires, or whatever the new finish is, bronze or something like that. Right? It'll be a wide, big wheel and tire package, and it'll be like a two-three drop or something like that. So if you think about it, if you're going to make a performance vehicle. You can get a lot more fuel economy out of a lower truck than a lifted one with big 35-inch tires and stuff. So I think there's some incentive from their cafe targets and things like that to play in that space, be a differentiator from the other manufacturers, and still be able to retain some of that fuel economy. But we'll see. And then there's so many things. We talked about the Silverado four-cylinder turbo making 310 horsepower. I mean, and those are crazy numbers. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you never got that out of a small block you know, 10, 15 years ago. Right. And now you're getting it from a little four-cylinder. So the potential for making power and having fun on the streets pretty, is pretty phenomenal. Now, so. I'm looking forward to it coming back. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I think uh, look at SEMA this year or next year, and uh, I think you know, I, I think you'll see some stuff like that. So I've got one from uh, Grant from Charles City, Iowa here, and he says, Hey, guys, been enjoying the podcast so far. I'd say that it's both informative and entertaining. Really helps pass the time when I'm in the tractor daydreaming about trucks, women, and beer. <laughs> 
uh, literally typing this up in the tractor. Not, I, is he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to call BS, but he really is <laughs> no, in the no, tractor. He says, I'm literally typing this up in the tractor while listening to the diesel episode. I've been home from college for a couple years now. Finally have enough money saved up to start building my dream truck, a Cummins Power Ram Charger. I know a lot of people see them as second-rate Broncos. I've always just been a big fan of old Dodge trucks and everything Ram. I'm wanting to do a Cummins because I know they're powerful, bulletproof, and have the potential for good fuel economy. Just some questions on how I can make this work. Disclaimer, I'm not the most knowledgeable truck guy, so sorry if some of these seem fairly stupid or obvious. Is there a certain Cummins year's model that's better to swap than another? Um, I mean, the, it's wide open. I think it just comes down to price. I mean, you can do a 5.9 mechanical injected that you can probably find pretty cheap and build up for big, more than enough power for a short wheelbase Ram charger. Or you can do some sort of a hybrid, you know, um, with a with a five nine six seven or something like that. I think that just comes down to preference and price and what transmission you want to run it with. He says, what chassis upgrades would I need to make a factory small block four x four Ram Charger to help it run, drive, and stop better? Steering, brakes, suspension, axles. Yes, all of that. All of that. <laughs> all of the above. Because it ain't gonna stop well on its own. Yeah. How many miles is too many miles for Cummins out of a different truck? I mean, again, it's if the engine's healthy and cylinder pressure is good. 200, 300, 400, 500. I mean, I've seen Cummins engines racing where the valve train was incorrectly installed by the shop that built the engine and the exhaust valves are on the intake side and I've seen freeze plugs blow out and it's only operating on four of the six cylinders and it still pulled some incredible, <laughs> like, I mean, things are bulletproof. Yeah. So I wouldn't worry about miles. And, and there's a million people who rebuild those things. This one from RB. Oh, you've written before. Thanks, dude. Hello, Lightning and Holman. Great job on episode 10. Another learning experience for me, as well as over an hour of entertainment and escape. And he goes, uh, give me the little wink emoji. So you're welcome. I really enjoyed the segment on spy photography with Brian. And it was a bonus to learn some of the inner workings of the automotive journalism spy photog arena with lightning story about the Raptor. <laughs> no, I wish that were me. That was actually Holman who uh, uh, kind of forced Ford into calling it the Raptor. It was a code name. Yeah. And they just ended up sticking with it. Yep. So I'd love to take the credit for that. But that was uh, Mr. Holman. Learned a lot from the sway bar segment and area of ignorance for me until you guys and your guests provided some education. And I'm not sure the racetrack announcer deserved as much crap as you were giving her. Although I also know you gave her props as well for her soldiering on. Parameter is a funny word, he says. GTX one shot is now available for Dodge Cummins and has a full five-inch color display with a captive touch. Captive. It's quick to start and magnetic mount allows you effortlessly mount her monitor key engine <laughs> Mounted the engine parameters. Parameters. <laughs> Hashtag parameters. I love her so much. Oh. That's from the last episode here. RB goes on to say she might be material for a guest appearance. I agree. Who knew the Truck Show podcast would simultaneously be an education in trucks as well as an occasional lesson in English? Mount <laughs> <laughs> allows you effortlessly Just can't get enough. <laughs> it's so it's so good. It's so good. Oh, I almost forgot. RB, you got a, a brand new Truck Show podcast T-shirt coming at you, and thank you for including your address. I think he kind of had the forethought. He knew we were going to read it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so yeah, if if you send your uh, emails into truckshowpodcast at gmail .com, please include your. Uh, Postal mail, not your email. Yes, and yes. Uh, we will send you a truck show podcast T-shirt if we read it on the air. So your size and your uh, mailing address. Yes, please. And that way we can also come to your house, stock you, and make sure you give us a five star review on iTunes. We're now up to eighty five star reviews. What you talking about, yeah. Willis? Yeah. 
So our, our latest uh, By review. By the way, does anyone understand that? Does we do. Yeah, what yeah, you, totally. What you talking about, Willis? No, the people our age do. What We're dating ourselves. What you talking about, Willis? Different strokes. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Entertaining and informative show. Not a truck guy yet, but I started listening to this podcast in order to help make a more informed purchase. Getting familiar with all the people that my wife will learn to hate. <laughs> the hosts and guests are really entertaining and the jingles are interesting. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll look forward to many more episodes. And that was from uh, Aki Les. Uh, thank you so much for that review on iTunes. And, and guys, uh, your five-star reviews or your written reviews on iTunes will help us get noticed in the What's Hot section of uh, iTunes so we can help grow this podcast. Monitor, key engine, parameters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got, I got one more. And uh, this is from... Uh, Jack uh, and he, Jack had written last week, and he he wrote back again today. Well, yeah, it's nice that we have you know we're starting to get some regulars on here. Uh, he says, "Hey guys, just writing back as requested. A size large would be awesome. Thank you." <laughs> so uh, coming at you. So he says, uh, "Congrats on the Nissan sponsorship." So for those of you who know, I think we start next episode, but we uh, we've got Nissan as a presenting sponsor coming on, and uh, so you guys will hear more about that soon. Uh, the segment with that poor UCC announcer had me cracking up at my desk, which is awful considering I do 10 times worse in her shoes. Master, monitor, key, engine, parameters. <laughs> and he also calls us out. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, and he's right. I, you know, we, totally, uh, we totally biffed on this. He says, I just want to point out that the 6.4 Cummins is actually a build offered by Fleece Performance. So shame on us for not recognizing that. Uh... Duh. We had just been talking to Steve at Cummins, and we were totally thinking OE. We weren't thinking of the hybrid builds no, or any of the other. And sizes. the comedy is that I was just with Braden from Fleece Performance when I was yeah, in yeah. Indiana. I was literally I spent like six hours with the guy who yeah, yeah. helped me do an install <laughs> on Alan Hunter Jr.'s truck. I was like, "What in the oh, world?" Man. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so so our bad on the six four Cummins, but thanks for pointing that out. He says it's a very real thing. It's a big bore option that isn't all that common, but they're out there and with some big name builds. Says I definitely like to hear a full segment on towing as well as more modifications that are useful. We talked about having a towing expert on in the future. By the way, let me, I can interrupt you. Yeah, we, we absolutely have to have someone about towing because I on the way here, F two fifty, dude, whole rear end just yep. drooped. F- family in it. Yep. Uh, two, Dragging his t- truck nuts, two, right? Two, two igloo. No, no, <laughs> two, no, no. Two igloo coolers in the in the bed of the truck. It was a tongue pull. It was like a weekend warrior, probably a thirty-four foot yep. uh, tongue pull trailer, and it was the with the chains. You know, the, yeah, uh, yeah. the safety chains yep. were almost dragging and sparking. Yep. And I thought, dude, some airbags. But or... his truck nuts weren't dragging. I don't get that. <laughs> no, no truck nuts. <laughs> okay, Not in Southern California here. And so I just thought to myself, we. This is the guy. This is why we need to have a towing expert on. Yeah, absolutely. And I've reached out to a friend of mine who does the tow testing for General Motors. So uh, oh. we've got somebody who we can get on in the future to talk about that stuff. So I think well, that's we could cool. also do someone from the parts department as well because there's a lot yep. of there's so oh, many of enhancements that you can do. Right? Yeah, there, there's several towing companies out there, um, you know, that make hitches and all that fun stuff that we could get. But we'll definitely have a towing expert on. So. Uh, Jack continues, um, I'd definitely like to hear a full segment on towing as well as more modifications that are useful to give some perspective. Options like Timberins that can be easily removed for more travel or Carly's long travel airbags are especially uh, of interest to me. Being able to use your truck as a tow rig to get to camp but still have a party-rated rig to take out on the trails until it's time to tow home definitely presents a challenge in selecting parts. By the way, Lightning, I know you're not big on pre-runners, but events like Jump Champs are definitely worth a look. By the way, Love Me Some Jump Champs was going to go to uh-huh. uh, yep, out in San Bernardino, uh, Glen Helen yep. Pavilion, yep. which you guys probably don't know where I'm talking about if you're not in L.A., yep. but a huge off-road park. They have motocross, they have, and, and Jump Champs is turning into a big event. Yeah, and he says uh, there's a huge variety in what people run and the events there are awesome. So stay awesome, according to Jack. So, Jack, we appreciate it. We will attempt to stay awesome, or as Lightning, I like to put it, just try and have less suckage. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> it. Master, 
Oh, truck show classic. <laughs> Time to say goodbye. What? Yeah, I feel like I feel like Mr. Rogers, where he starts putting on his sweater and his shoes, and and you're like, no, Mr. Rogers, you're not done yet. I haven't finished my Cheerios. <laughs> no, I usually was like, I'm ready for cartoons. Get off my TV. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. what I was thinking about, Mr. Rogers. So yeah. are people listening to us going, hey, I'm tra- ready to get to uh, my next podcast. Could you guys hurry this up? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> are we are we, are we we listened to by serial podcast listeners? I got I hope so. I don't know. I think I would like to think that we're the only podcast people listen to. I would like to think that too, but even I don't only listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so huge monster show coming up. Next episode, correct? Yeah, we've got uh, Jerry, one of the founders of Camberg Racing. Oh, darn it. I was going to do this. We've got Jerry Zayden, one of the uh, <laughs> one of the co-founders for Camberg Racing here uh, in Southern California. And also, we've been listening to everybody, and we've got a guest you will not want to miss next week. And that is the one and only Mike Finnegan of Roadkill. Ooh. Yeah. I loves me some Finnegan. So Mike and I go way back. We started off, you know, journalists together. We started in this business 16 years ago. So how did he get a career and you didn't? Well, uh, what happened there? much better looking. <laughs> hey, I do have a career no, on a I podcast. Just, I'm giving you a hard time. But he, <laughs> I, I don't have the face for TV. Because he's a TV guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Mike and I have known each other 15 years. I called him up and go, dude. We had Freiberger and Fred Williams on. When are you coming on? He goes, I'm free on this day. I'm like, sweet, book it. Done. <laughs> yeah, done. So, Love it. So he's coming. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We had a great show. Thanks to uh, Brett Evans, staff editor from Truckster and Magazine, right. as well as Andrew Hoyt, vice president of marketing and sales at Tyreco, representing the Milestar brand. Yeah. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh. And by the way, if you want a t-shirt, you need to email us. I mean, that's the bottom line. You can leave a comment on Facebook yeah. or Instagram, whatever. We're really getting you a t-shirt. That's going to require emailing us. Uh, and leave your size and your address so there we don't go. chase you down. Yeah, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe. And uh, you know, as a bonus photo on Facebook, maybe we'll even throw up my uh, unbearded face. <laughs> I don't know. You sure you want to do that? <laughs> I don't want to do that. No, don't do that. <laughs>